0: Previously on the Best in the World Sports Report. On the line with us to preview this game with the Falcons. All right? From bloggingdirty.com, part of the Fan cited Network. Ladies and gentlemen, let's give a warm welcome to our friend, Nafisa Hussein. Nafisa, I want you to finish this sentence. If the Falcons are going to beat the Eagles, it will be because... Their offense, Matt Ryan... I'm Julio Jones again. What is your prediction on
1: Saturday? I have the Eagles winning 24 21.
0: I too have the Eagles winning 17 to 9. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the best in the world sports report. My name is John Brown alongside my tag team partner, my homie, my young boy, my ace, my power, my partner, my man Javon Alford from totalsportslive.com. Got a big show for you today. We got a lot to talk about today. All right. We're going to talk mostly Eagles and Sixers. Eagles. Big win in Atlanta. Big win against Atlanta going. They had to play Minnesota who had a pretty big win on their own. We're also going to talk Sixers. They had a wild week. Had a uh, couple scuffles, a uh, couple uh, dust-ups, whatever you want to call it. We'll talk about that. All-star starters mm-hmm. were named. So we'll, we'll 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 get into that. All right. We'll talk about that in a few. We just want to remind you that if you want to talk to us, you can hit us up at any time on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W Sports. Once again, that is at B-I-T-W Sports. So, got a lot of show, not a lot of time, so let's just jump right into it, all right? Mm-hmm. Let's start with the Eagles. All right, uh, Big win. Yes. I, I must admit. Yes. I, I was a little scared. Yes. In fact, you know what? No, I I can keep it real. I can be honest. I was real
1: scared. It's okay to be honest.
0: I I, I will be. I'm not going to sit up here and be like, look, man.
1: Apologize.
0: Apologize for what? For being scared? I'm sorry. I was scared.
1: No, no apologize for saying that Nick Foles was was trashed.
0: I apologize for saying, you know what? No. Yes. I apologize for thinking Nick Foles would be trash. There you go. Against Atlanta. There you go. I should have had more faith in him.
1: Like I was telling I did,
0: you, I did not, and and he proved me wrong. That's good. But know what else. You, what no what else happened? What? I I got proved right.
1: In what respect?
0: All right, here. Um. Well, real quick. Also, want to remind you guys that we're on Facebook Live. Yes, All right, we do Facebook Live as we record this show. So every mm-hmm. Wednesday or Thursday, either or, whenever we do the show, you can join us on Facebook Live and join the uh, discussion. Real quick, shout out to my man Talib, who's uh, become a pretty uh, faithful uh, supporter of the best in the world. We re- we respect that. He already came in and said, "Family was good. We chilling." Uh, so Talib, you get you a get, like. You get a like. All right. Someone on Facebook asked me to make a prediction mm-hmm. for the game and i honestly could not remember what i had said on the show last week cuz i try to keep it consistent right i don't want to throw out you know you know 8 9 different predictions mm-hmm. so on the show last week i believe i said uh I think i said 17 13 to, what did i say no. 13 did i say 13 i think you did you know, see, now I can't even remember. No, I think it was 17. Yeah, I think I said 17 9. Either or. Yeah, 17 yeah. I, I said 17 9. Yep. And then someone had asked me on uh, Saturday right before the game to give my prediction. Couldn't remember what I said. I said 16 10. said 16 10 with Nick Foles playing just good enough for the Eagles to win.
1: 16 10, 17
0: 9. Same thing. Yeah, yeah, same thing. You know, same thing. You You're know, close off. Range. Yeah, same range. They won 15 to 10 with Nick Foles, uh twenty five uh twenty three thirty, a very efficient uh game, mm-hmm. two hundred forty six yards, no passing TDs, not a lot of stuff downfield. But honestly, uh the running game was, was putting in work, right?
1: Yeah, yes, yes, that's all, that's all. It was, that was the perfect formula for them to win. Mm-hmm. Have the running game, you know, a gi first drive, you know, Peterson tries to catch or land off guard and he did trying to go deep, obviously. If there's no wind, I think that actually, I think that ball's caught. That scared the crap out of me.
0: That that first, that whole first Had to, uh, had to get the rust possession. off. Yeah, you had, know. Had and, to and get the rust off. And I, I will admit, and I will admit and give credit to where it's due, you know, from that point on, mm-hmm. it was a very decent, it was a decent game. Oh, I good. have no complaints about the game and a decent game plan, but, you know. For me, as someone who spent the entire week worried, like what is going to happen? I don't know how this is going to go. What's going
1: to happen? Person that, that was first, worried for the yes, whole I week was week. That was, was me not worried the entire season.
0: You, you know what? You're absolutely right, but that's that's a whole other thing. <laughs> but I that first possession, I'm just like, oh my god, it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen, and it's going to be ugly.
1: I mean, everybody had those thoughts, especially when Ajayi fumbled, and it was just like it wasn't just a fumble, but it was that him. it
0: was that duck of a pass. Well, but that, that was because the wind. Yeah, no, I I understand, and it's like I started to feel a little bit better that net that first Atlanta possession when that first time uh, Matt Ryan tried to throw the ball downfield, and he threw uh it wasn't, excuse me, it wasn't their first possession. It was, like their, fir- th- it was their first possession of the second quarter yeah, when they switched the sides thing. and then he's in the wind and he threw a deep ball and that was a duck too. And you're just like, okay, all right, all right you know what, okay, Exactly. okay, okay, okay. There you go. You know what I mean? The Eagles were, they, they were Aaron Rodgers. They were just like, hey, man, R-E-L-A-X, relax. And I did. And I'm here to say, hey, man, I was wrong. All right? I was wrong. You know, I, I was wrong to to think that Nick Foles could not step up to the plate.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'd done it before. He, mm-hmm. he did it. And I think a lot of people forget about this. He did mm-hmm. this four years ago. He mm-hmm. did exactly the same thing that he did four years ago. He drove the team down the field, mm-hmm. got points on the board, and left it in hand to the defense. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but this time around the defense was able to hold – Hold serve. I mean, like you said, Doug Peterson called a called a great game. You know, he he was pretty much balanced for the most part. I think you uh, said Foles had about thirty something passes. Yeah, uh,
0: 23
1: of 30, 30. thirty. and I think all the I think all the running backs in total had about thirty carries. I think or something along those lines. So when you have that's balance right there. They have thirty and thirty. That's balance and you saw that in the first in the, in the first quarter especially uh especially when he was trying to get folded into a rhythm he kept on running the ball with a and after he didn't and and what was so good about how Ajayi played was that he didn't peterson didn't go away from him he was like –
0: Well, I thought he kind of went away from him for a little bit. Well, in, yeah, but I mean initially second.
1: after the fumble he didn't go away from him. Mm-hmm. You know, and a lot of coaches would went do right, that. He yeah. went right
0: back to him after uh, that next possession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah a
1: lot of coaches would do that. And he it was like, oh, and they start panicking and say, I don't know. Maybe we should take him his hands. No, they kept on running the ball with him. And obviously they took him out in the in the second quarter where things got a little bit, a little bit touchy. And you're yeah, just well, like why,
0: – But why did that happen? I mean, you, I think, was that Doug outsmarting himself?
1: I think it was more so they were trying to keep him fresh, mm. because he does have that knee yeah. issue. Yeah. Where I think there's really like no cartilage or something or no ACL. It's it's one of the not two. good for running back. Yeah, he he doesn't have that knees an issue, so mm. I understand why he did it. But it, it made the game interesting. But what the luxury of the Eagles have if they got you know three other running backs that can come in and do the job and LeGarrette Blunt did mm. a good job. Corey Clement did an excellent job, especially on the third downs. You know, he was a very good option out the backfield. So, when you have all that, and then he eventually he gave the ball back to Ajayi, and he picked up yards. I think Ajayi had 15 carries, for so like 54 yards, something along those lines. So, he got yards. You know, Ajayi, even though he played good, minus the fumble, he wasn't content with how he played, and I mm-hmm. thought that was good. And I that's the sense that I got from watching yeah, I, the game pressure. What I
0: like about him, because a lot of times – I, I people really rail on his attitude mm-hmm. and they try to kind of paint him as a malcontent. No, I think no. that is one of those. Cases. He's just hard on himself. He, yes. He's hard on himself and he's a competitor. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not just that he wants to see the, the team succeed, which he does, he but wants to be think, part of that. Yeah, he wants to be a part of the success and he wants to be a part of the reason why this team succeeds. Exactly. So I, to me, as a fan, I don't have a problem with that.
1: I don't have a problem. There's nothing with wrong with that at all. No, you, you want know? players to be like that. Yeah. You want players to you be want, critical yeah, of yeah. their own. Play.
0: You don't want a guy to be like. You don't want a guy, to, you know, that just seems content with being along for the ride. Right. Like you know, if he had fumbled, had a bad game, but the Eagles won, every, you know, anyway, and he's out there celebrating like he didn't have a bad game, that would stick out too. Mm-hmm. You would have a problem with that, right?
1: You can't have it both ways. No. Not, not at all not at all so when you have like I said a giant and uh, that's I think that's the motive that's the that's the type of vibe I got after watching the game with the at, especially in the press in the post game press conferences mm-hmm. this team felt like they've done something mm-hmm. but there was still more to do yeah like they weren't resting on their loyal, laurels no, they, no, were just, I
0: think they they set out the approval point because I think the whole narrative this week the underlying narrative this week was how they had been the underdogs, even though they're a home team. Mm-hmm. They were the home team. They're the number one seed. Yet they were con- they were considered underdogs. And they so the, you know if there was ever a game where a one seed has to come out and make a statement, it was this game. Right. And I feel like the team felt like that's what they did. Mm-hmm. They came out and they made a statement.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. They definitely did make a statement, and they made statements, you know, on both sides of the ball. You know, minus the mistakes they had, you know, minus the the punt that goes off of Brian Brayman's back, mm-hmm. you know, minus that, you know, they really did a good job of containing Atlanta's offense. They mm-hmm. really, they held the Devontae Freeman only 10 carries on seven yards. You know, mm-hmm. Tevin Coleman had 10 carries, 79 yeah. yards, but it was Atlanta. It's not, not, it's not the Eagles' fault that Atlanta stopped going to Tevin Coleman. Mm-hmm. That's the play caller's fault. But other than that, they kept Julio out the end zone. You know, they did that last year against Atlanta. They won the game Julio had over a hundred yards, but mm-hmm. and ten catches, but they kept him yeah. out of the end zone. Yeah, that, and Jim Schwartz will take that every day out of the week. Exactly. Exactly. You know,
0: for you know, it's like force the other the rest of the team to beat you. Exactly. Like Julio's not gonna beat Julio will not be the reason we lose this game. No. And he wasn't. I think probably everyone in their mama knew on that last play they were gonna go to oh, Julio. Yeah. Yeah, everything. And, and, rightful, and rightfully so, yeah, they and rightfully so. But they still stopped it, so that's a good thing, you know.
1: awful' <laughs> good. That play was a mic. That play actually was a microcosm of what happened on that touchdown, mm-hmm. where Matt Ryan flipped the ball to Devontae Freeman. If mm-hmm. we remember that touchdown, you know Jenkins, instead of staying with Freeman, he comes up, mm-hmm. and somehow Ryan sees yeah. get, gets it to Freeman yeah. on that last play. We see. You know, Freeman, you know, t- um, gives puts a block on Curry and he's down, but Kendricks never leaves Freeman mm. because there's always that chance that uh, – That they go back to that, that shovel can, pass. That, yeah. that, not yeah, even can. that shovel pass, but Ryan's already across the field, but he can still throw it back to the other side. You know, mm. it's risky, but – but if he's know, if he's open, why if, not throw yeah, it back that way?
0: Yeah, I mean that, that's something you got to do. If you know you got a man open at this point, you're you're playing for the game. Mm-hmm. You throw you know either way, the game is over. Right. You throw it across your body, it's intercepted. Game's over. You throw it across your body and he catches it. The game's over. Mm-hmm. So you know either way, but you know for I mean they defended that play as well as they could. It was you perfect. Know, you take they, they practiced head. that. you can exactly. see they practiced yeah. that.
1: And Jalen Mills, he did a great job on that route, too. He didn't get beat, and that's always the key, mm-hmm. on especially on those crossing routes in the end zone where there is not much space to really, mm-hmm. you know, go. So if you fall or just give up a little bit of space, that dude's getting wide open. He's stuck on Julio-like glue, and, you know, mm-hmm. he pushed him down. He manned up, and he, you know, did the job. And I think that was so key in that, you know, you rather have Atlanta in that tight goal to go situation rather than is like fourth and goal at like the 10 yard line because Mm -hmm. that really that gives them a little bit more space especially with those wide receivers Mm -hmm.
0: and you don't want to give matt ryan you don't want to give him space you don't want to give him opportunity right you know so no i i completely agree with you uh real quick as we as we continue to talk just shout out to people following us on the facebook live kurt jenkins is here he says what's up uh nathan he's checking in he says, "Uh, put him in the game. They call him No f- No Fumble Sanchez. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. You know him?
1: <laughs> no. Okay.
0: All right. Well, any, but keep going t- to continue the conversation because with this win, they go into the conference championship, mm-hmm. and now they have a date with the Minnesota Vikings. Yes, another strong task, a stronger defense, mm-hmm. offense. Uh, don't uh, do that. Now, no, no, no. Now, don't get me wrong." I say, eh, in the sense that I'm not sure. I'm not convinced that their offense is more potent or better than Atlanta, but not because I'm taking them lightly. Right. You I know, get you I, I don't believe that Case Keenum is as good of a quarterback as Matt Ryan. No. But he's he not. Can, you know, look.
1: But he, can he, beat, does, but yeah. he does things that Matt yeah. Ryan doesn't do. Mm-hmm. He has the mobility to get out of the pocket and mm-hmm. make those gunslinger-esque yes. Tight plays, and we saw that against New Orleans. Mm -hmm. You know, games coming down to the wire that second to the last drive. He does something that you're never supposed to do. You're never supposed to throw off your back foot like Mm -hmm. that. And And Thielen, he throws it, he just gets enough on the pass, Mm -hmm. and Thielen makes a great catch. And then again, on the final drive, the final play, you know, that was a poorly. God, that was a poorly drawn-up play offensively and was mm-hmm. a poorly played on defense. Yeah. Because two guys shouldn't have been on both sides. Two guys should not have been in the same area code like that. But I think he does pose a problem uh, for this team because mm-hmm. he, he's, like I said, he's, he's, he's Nick Foles in that he manages the game. He's mm-hmm. going to make a couple of plays that he's going to win you the game or lose you the game. And when he's rolling, mm-hmm. he's rolling.
0: Yeah. Definitely, but one, just the whole for the end of that show, the end of that game, Mm -hmm. shout out to my father, right? Got to shout out my pop. My pop went over a friend's house to watch the game. Mm -hmm. New Orleans goes up at the end of the game. He leaves. Oh. Missed the end of the game. Missed the last. Someone had to call him while he was on the road coming home. I didn't go with him. I stayed at home, so I could watch the game with the kids. I mm-hmm. Wanted to watch the game with Peyton. Right. So I watched it. You know, he comes in just like, "What happened? What happened?" Like, you're not even going to believe this, right? And I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like, it, "It's funny." I'm, I'm watching this game, and let me let me float that out there for the people watching on Facebook Live and the people listening at home. What is a worse way to have your seat as a fan? What is the worst way to have your season come to an end? For the new or the way the New Orleans Saints went out, or the way the Baltimore Ravens went out, mm-hmm. to lose on the final play, to not even make the playoffs, or to lose on the final play in the playoffs when you're you've pretty much had your your ticket is punched to the NFC Championship.
1: Oh, that way, no doubt. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Because 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 if you look at it, you know the Baltimore the way Baltimore lost. That was just schematics. Mm-hmm. He, he had, They had a perfect matchup in the slot against, mm-hmm. you know, and, and Dalton makes a great play over the linebacker and, mm-hmm. and, and the safety. Puts it right there. It's over. For New Orleans, you know, like you said, they did the job. Drew Brees goes down the field, gets the points. Mm-hmm. Now you're just hoping for the defense. Keenum's on, a 30, 30, 30, on the 30-yard line. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is tackle the dude. Dude doesn't tackle him. Yeah. He, he's all you have to do. Diggs is going up in the air. All mm-hmm. you have to do is literally just when he comes, when he gets down on when he gets down on his toes, wrap, wrap up him, and-, and that's it. What happens? Marcus Williams somehow he looks like he's doing the Harlem Shake or something, mm-hmm. or looking like from like he's Diddy in one of those '90 movies doing yeah. the Diddy Bob, going <laughs> down like this, and then all you see is Diggs goes <laughs> over him, and then he knocks his own dude out at the oh, same time. God. So then. You don't give your guy another. You don't give your dude another chance to just as, hit as him out.
0: A lifelong Eagles fan, as somebody who has been an Eagles fan my entire life, I've seen just about every way to lose a game, but that, like, I can't even fathom that. I haven't seen that. You know, I. You know, that that's just Marcus. Un-
1: Marcus Williams looked like that little Kim video of her dancing on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> He looked oh look like that. This is, here, here's the thing. I feel sorry for the kid. I, I
0: feel sorry for him too. There, this, 20, this is going to go. Twenty two years old. And He had
1: an interception. <laughs> he had an interception in, in the game. game yeah. to help him come exactly.
0: Back. They win. They win this game. Marcus Williams is a hero. The hero. And now and the he's the goat. goat. Now he's the goat. And but not like, the but not the good goat. No, not the no 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 not the not the G O A T. Right. He's he's the G O T E. Yeah. Either way. This is going to go one of two ways. He's either going to use this as motivation, come back and be one of the greatest DBs of all time, and you're sitting there talking about him like, you know, this was his failure, and watch how he bounces back and, you know, ends up being a pro bowler or whatever. You're you're talking about him like he's great. Or he's just going to fade off into, uh, to quote, Mike Tyson, into Bolivian, never to be heard of again.
1: mm I think I'm gonna, I'm going to take the first statement. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to think he's going to bounce back from this. It's a mm-hmm. learning experience. It's a learning experience for all those young guys. That's yeah. a young that's a young secondary out there. Mm-hmm. Lattimore, him, Von Bell, you know, his only Von Bells I think second year if uh if I believe so. When you have when you have all those, you know, things, all those things together and it was like I said it was just a weird recipe of events that happened, you know. If if he doesn't duck his head, then mm-hmm. digs is stopped, and the game's over. And we're, at, ta- we're talking and about New, New Orleans. Can,
0: it, can we? Uh, can, you, can we stop Drew Brees? Right?
1: Can you stop Drew Brees? Can you slow down Alvin Kamara? You know, mm-hmm. but again, you, you also got to give credit for Case Keenum. You know, he 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 led them back and got the game tied up after you know they Minnesota blew a seventeen to zero lead. Yeah. So you got to give him credit for that. But yeah. I think you know again, if you're Marcus Williams, you just gotta. You just gotta learn from it. You mm-hmm. learn from it. You learn when that play ever happens again, or when you have somebody tight to the sideline like that. Mm-hmm. Don't duck. You don't have to wrap him up. Push him out of balance. Right. Because if you push him and he's still in the air, it's incomplete. Mm-hmm. It ain't gonna matter.
0: It's just it's it's ridiculous. And it, it's, when you see things like that, it just shows you how fast this league is. How things can change. It's just it it's amazing. But once again. It sets the table now for Eagles and Minnesota. So, like I asked, uh, like I asked our guest last week, I'm going to ask you, and I want you to, you know, I want you to answer and I want you to elaborate on this. But fill in the blanks. Mm-hmm. If the Eagles are to beat the Minnesota Vikings, they must.
1: They must do better in the red zone. Mm-hmm. They got to convert the field goals to touchdowns and I think they're going to get better with that. Um I think they learned from especially on offense the throws that they missed and that they could have had, and I think they're going to do better with that. If you have if you have Trey Burton on that type of post route again against a slower guy, I'm pretty sure Nick Foles is going to hit him for that pass. Uh I think they have to do better in the red zone, which is something they've been good at, you know, throughout the entire season. And also, we got to give Nick we got to give Nick Foles credit again in that I think it was, was it the last? Was it on the, I think it was on the Laguerre Blunt touchdown, if I'm not mistaken. On uh I want to say it was second and goal or even third and goal, where I think the, 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 uh, there was a mishandling, a snap, there was a fumble, and the ball's literally just rolling out there on the ground for like, mm-hmm. it seemed like forever, and he dives on the ball, and you're yeah. thinking, oh, touchdown. It wasn't a touchdown, but that was a headsy play because yeah, nobody it saw it. And yeah, the, the only ball must. just,
0: yeah, it does. I mean, you're sitting there looking at it. And, it's like,
1: and you're freaking out. You're like, like, oh my God, somebody <laughs> get the ball. Somebody get the ball.
0: And I'm just, and for me, and it's like, that the game.
1: You're looking at your son like, son. I was like, it's Don't about you to do happen. that? I'm,
0: no, I'm I'm sitting there like, man, it's about to happen. Here it comes.
1: <laughs> he was here, at you, you like, know, like
0: here, here comes that failure that I thought was going to happen. It got got a little delayed for a second there, mm-hmm. but here it comes. And what's funny about it, about just the way the game played out, mm-hmm. you know, we had company over. Um, you know, for the Eagles game, we had company for. Well, I should say for the Saturday games we had company. For the Sunday games we went out. Right. So we had a house full of people for the Eagles game. But I was upstairs watching the game with uh my wife and my, my son. And my mother comes around, she says, Why don't you go downstairs with the guests? And I'm like, I don't wanna I don't wanna screw up the juju. I yeah, can't. Can't like, screw the, up the vibe. Or and he, he was like, the, Look and you were like the Juju. It's like can't you can't screw it up she's like, "Oh, that's silly. You're being silly. Whatever. Go downstairs. Go downstairs." And I'm like, "No, I can't." So I said, "All right, this is what I'm doing. I can't go in the middle of a drive. I'll go. I'll go at the next. You know, at the next change of possession." So right before Atlanta's last possession, that's when I go downstairs. I go downstairs, and they start marching the field. They're marching the field. They're marching downfield. They're marching downfield, and Peyton comes downstairs. It's like, "Dad, you gotta come back upstairs." like Juju is ruined. So am like, yeah, you know, it's right. Go right back upstairs for the, right before the end of, the, right before the last play. Mm-hmm. Last play comes in uh, and they stop him. And I'm sitting there looking at my wife and I'm looking at my mother. I, I told you. Did you. You know, I, I saved the Juju. Eagles fans, you can thank me later. I saved the game. It was me. But in the, in the end, crazy game. I had my doubts. I was afraid. I did not believe in foals. I do believe in foals. I wasn't afraid. I know you weren't afraid. And I, and that's cool. What, I, what have I told
1: you? No, you told have me to relax. We, you told me to have faith in foals. Enjoy. No, I actually just said enjoy the ride. Mm-hmm. Enjoy it.
0: All right. Shout out to uh, my man, Nye D, who always shout out on this show. Mm-mm. This is uh, We've had this ongoing battle back and forth. Okay. Because, like I said, I've, I've just never been a fan of Nick Foles. Understandable, and, and I felt like he was. I felt like he was a quarterback who was forced down our throats. In a sense,
1: I feel like at the time, yeah, yes, yes,
0: at the time, yeah. and, and it's some. I I I do believe that now is a different time from then. He's matured, and, my, and he's matured, and my view of him has changed. But. You know, then it was whether Nick Foles was was the franchise quarterback, and could Nick Foles oh, no. be the franchise quarterback? Oh, and that's no. something I, as a, you know, I was never convinced
1: of. Oh, I wasn't either.
0: I felt like he was somebody who was forced. To, you know, people just people were tired of the Mike Vick type quarterback, the Donovan McN, you know, the proceed running quarterback, and they wanted a more but they, pocket pass. But they got one now. I, I I understand it. I'm just telling you. I I know that, but they need to know. Choir, I'm the choir. I'm the you're preaching to the choir. <laughs> but nonetheless, you know, I I think one it, it was one people wanted that you know that that perceived pocket passer, not the mobile quarterback. And I think also you know it was also people wanted someone who wasn't Vic, who wasn't you know, Donovan McNabb and people want that you know, people in the city want that Rocky story. Always. They all you know, they want he that is the folk lord Yeah, They era. want that they want that perceived underdog who rises from the pits of uh, you know, whatever it's the, he rise, he rose rises from, from the ashes. Yeah, he like rose the from the ashes and just goes on to great things. And people just love that story in the city. It's the, they want that. The underdog, yeah.
1: Vince Papali. Yeah, we
0: we got to have Ramos. that. And people were just thinking, oh, man, look at this quarterback. We We got in the fourth round that nobody wanted. Look at him rise up and just do great things. Look at the great things. We got our quarterback. And I'm just like, no, not this dude. Can't knock what he did. Twenty-seven and two is is quite an accomplishment.
1: i got him in the Hall you know, of Fame.
0: Got got his uniform in the Hall of Fame. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's not no. He ain't got a gold
1: jacket. He ain't gonna get a gold jacket. Well, that's I, I, know. I'm pretty sure he's okay with
0: that. Yeah, I'm sure he is too. But nonetheless, you know, I, my whole thing about that was you don't draft a guy in the fourth round like that to start. No. You know now there are exceptions to the rule. Russell There's, you know Russell Russell Wilson, Dak Prescott. You know they're, you know
1: there there are guys. Even who, though the jury is still out on that right? jury's still
0: out on that, but still nonetheless nonetheless Dak is a, is an exception, not an example. Yeah. Dak is an exception, not, yeah. not an example. Yeah. Russell Wilson, exception, not example. Well, yes. Bottom line is you bring in a guy in the fourth round, you're training him. He's supposed to come up through the system. You know, you want to grow him, you want to nurture him, and maybe, just maybe, he'll assume the role of starting quarterback. And when you draft somebody in the first or second round, you're drafting them to start now. Right. You know, you draft a, you draft a quarterback in the first round. Your idea is that person should be, you draft anybody in the first round. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the key to a first round pick, you expect a first round pick to uh, first round pick should be able to uh, contribute almost automatically. Agree. I want a first round start. I want a first round player to be in the starting lineup day one. And so I was saying, you know. My thing with Nye, I'm like, look, guys, need, you know, you know, you, you, I want, I want a guy with pedigree, and my example of pedigree was Geno Smith. Now look, I will admit, Geno Smith is a bust. Geno Smith is garbage. But, but the point I was trying to make was, you draft, uh, you know, you draft a guy like Geno Smith to start day one. Yeah, now he started day one. He ended up being garbage. He's trash. But that's what that's what you want. That's what is expected of him. Can he? Can he do? And it's not for me.
1: It's not me being a fan of Geno Smith. But he's but, not. A, but he's not a pedigree quarterback. Hmm? He's not a pedigree I, I quarterback. Think he is. No, he's not. You, you, you disagree? He played in a cookie cutter offense. Hmm.
0: Who? T- Nick Foles didn't. The guy. He played in Arizona. The guy after the guy who can't—I can't even remember the guy. He's—he's—I don't know. He's in—he's in the football G leagues now too. But um, but uh, no disrespect. No disrespect to the G league. But um. I mean it's like Arizona wasn't that good. But but nonetheless, Nye D always gets on me about Foles being better than Gino. And I'm like, look, whatever. And then at yeah. one point at one point they were both out of the league. So it's like I, I thought it was a tie. But now Foles has come back. He's found himself a good situation and now he's won a playoff game. So I guess today Nick Foles is better than Geno Smith. So now happy.
1: Well, I mean anybody would be happy. I mean, Gino. Was a bust. Mm-hmm. He, was a yeah, bust. Yeah. he was a bust. was a bust coming into the draft. Mm-hmm. He wasn't that good.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He played. He played in the. Like
0: I said, I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm not. You know, attached to him at any point. It's not like I'm sitting up here yeah. trying to stick up for him. <laughs> I would just say a guy like the, You know, a a guy drafted in his position is oh, expected, yeah, yeah, expected to, to be the guy. To be the guy. When you draft a guy well, in that position.
1: That's what they say about Christian Hackenberg, but he yeah. still can't get on the field.
0: Yeah. you know, No, no. but you're absolutely right. But it's like my, my point is given where they took him, mm-hmm. there's expectations that he should be able to play now. When he played, he sucked. Right. You know, that's not, you know, that's yeah, not deniable, I get what you're saying. But not, you know, but nonetheless, whatever. Nye nah, D still trying to get on me on Facebook. Screw you, Nye. Nah. Whatever, man. Gino's still my man. Got punched in his face by his uh, his teammate, but he's still my man. Free Gino. Oh God. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this game though. That was, that was that was a quick tangent for my okay, man Nine. It's, it's okay. I just hope people we didn't turn we did turn a whole bunch of people away. Do I mean? Look, I know you're enjoying the ride, but how mm-hmm. confident are you about this game?
1: I'm cool. I don't, I'm not confident. You're
0: not confident, or like
1: I'm like a, it's like a quiet confidence, mm-hmm. in that you know. In that if the Eagles just do their job, then I'm not. Mm-hmm. Then whatever happens, happens. You know, like if they play defense, they. You know, falls doesn't make mistakes like that, and the mm-hmm. defense, you know, does their thing, and you know they, and they play their game, and they, like I said last week, mm-hmm. to beat Atlanta. They have to impose their will. They yep. impose their will. They will win. All right.
0: We asked the question on Facebook Live: If uh, if the Eagles are to beat the Vikings, they must blank. Mm-hmm. My man Talib said, "Clean up the mistakes with yes. the fumbles and special teams." Mm-hmm. That is absolutely right, Talib, my friend.
1: You get a like. He's right. He, he's right about that. He's definitely, he's definitely, he's definitely right about that. And that you know. That's the only. That's the only way. That's the only way Atlanta scored mm-hmm. was because of the turnovers. Like, exactly. they didn't have the mistakes. Then Atlanta's probably getting shut out right now. Mm-hmm. We're talking fifteen zero. Yeah. And maybe the Vegas odds is like, well, maybe the Eagles might be actually mm-hmm. not underdogs. But
0: it's all right. It's all but right. But that's okay. Though. But that's that's okay because this team is really embracing. But, that
1: underdog role. Like what do you think? You know, like I got said, the
0: dog mask now. Like I said, they,
1: they've exceeded expectations this mm-hmm. year. They've exceeded all of them. They weren't picked to win this division. I said they weren't going to win this division. I remember that, mm-hmm. and I admit it. I, I know. I said Ronald. Well, Darby, here, this, I said right. Ronald Darby was full fake. You did, oh, yeah, you did say that? Yes, and I admit it. That I was wrong because I was still in the Jordan Matthews hype, and I just didn't. Know, I was. I just yeah. didn't know what Nelson Earl was going to do. Mm-hmm. But he's totally changed my mind, so it was all good. So when you look at this team, like I was saying at work tonight, you know, they were talking about the game and out they were asking me about it, I said, I said, what's the? I said, I'm enjoying the ride. I said, whatever happens, happens. Whatever result happens, it's cool. And they looked at me like I was crazy. I'm like, no, like seriously, like, mm-hmm. what if they weren't? Ex- they exceed expectations. They get to this point without your you know, with pretty much without your starting MVP caliber quarterback for mm. pretty much for like. The last month of the season. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens, you know. Mm. I said, I know about disappointment. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. The five NFC championships appearances, one victory. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. Yes. But I
0: will – I mean, at this point, you know, I, I, I am back on – It was always about enjoying the ride, you know. Thank you. It was always about enjoying the ride, but still, even if you enjoy the ride, I don't think enjoying the ride keeps you from disappointment. And that was what I was afraid of. Was just, And now, but now I'm I'm more along the lines of I I am now that they've gotten that first game out of the way, mm-hmm. I am more willing to enjoy the ride. Good, you know, and wherever this takes us. Mm-hmm. because at this point now it's like you know I, I now I have said I myself have said that this was a house money year
1: and it still is
0: and it still is you're right it, that has not changed that that has not changed that will not and
1: change. and that's why I, and that's how I feel about it with this game mm-hmm. I said there's no pressure on the Eagles at all None. none. the pressures on Minnesota mm-hmm. Minnesota' is the team with the home game yep the potential home game yes. the pressure is on them to bring it home. Because Mm -hmm. everybody's expecting them to. Mm -hmm. They're the favorites. Everybody's expecting them to do it. Same thing with New England. Everybody's expecting New England to do something. Mm -hmm. Pressure's on New England to go back again and try to repeat. Pressure's on Minnesota to get there. Jacksonville, Mm -hmm. Eagles, house money. House money. What do we got to lose? We got nothing to lose. got nothing to lose.
0: I'm with it. I'm with it. I want to see this defense come out and put major pressure on on Case Keenum. You know, I thought I thought Fletcher Cox was oh he oh, he was a, he yeah. was every he was everything. He, he's Flet, the guy Fletcher that you Cox, gave that contract. Exactly, to. Fletcher Cox earned his money last week. Yes, he did. So I'm gonna need him to earn some more this weekend. He can do I it. I thought I thought the I thought him playing like that helped take some pressure off those DBs. Oh yeah, which it. were a huge question mark going into this game. Mm-hmm. So, given that, I want to see that same thing happen again. He needs I need. To. And I I think with, you know, here I don't believe that this Minnesota offense is better than the Atlanta offense. Not to say that they're not good, not to say that they don't have weapons, not to say, you know, anything derogatory because we can't take the, we can't take them lightly. No. Because that's all. what's going to set up, you know, that's what's going to set up the the disappointment. However, I I say that to say that I believe that this is this defense can shut them down. Right. And if Nick Foles once again and, and I I guess you know when you look at last week's game to you know tie into last week's game you figure how many points could Nick Foles give how many points could or should Nick Foles give this defense mm-hmm. for them to win the game. Like, if Nick Foles scores X amount of points, can the defense hold them under? And I will admit that I was not sure if Nick Foles could give them 16, 17 points. Right. But now it's like, now that he has proven that he can, and I believe, like, okay, maybe, maybe, scoring 16 17 points might be harder this week because you're play, not only you're playing a a a better defense but you're also facing an offense that's not as good. So say Nick Foles can if Nick Foles gives you 13 14 15 points. They most certainly can hold Case Keenum to 10 points. Yeah. Most certainly, there is no reason to believe that this defense can't keep Case Keenum out of the end zone.
1: Hey, this defense, this defense, uh, this defense is, you know, they've, they've, you know, they, they, they've always, you know, they've always rose to the occasion, you know, they've always done, they always done their job, you know. They thrive in these moments. They thrive when people, you know, they take offense when a running back, you know, gets over, you know, two-plus yards to yeah, carry. It. Exactly. They, yeah. They, yeah, They take that personal. They, get they take that. I love it, they too. They get real personal about that. And that's the that's the type of competitiveness that you need to see, and I think that's what's going to help them, you know, in this game. Like, mm-hmm. no, they're not going against a Devontae Freeman and a, and a Tevin Coleman, but mm-hmm. they're going against, you know, a Latavius Murray and, and a Jarek McKinnon who's, you know, that's going to cause them some problems because McKinnon's a – He's a shifty back. He's a mm-hmm. back like Corey Clement, which can cause you problems yep. in coverage, you know, and trying to cover him. So he's going to cause some trouble. Kyle Rudolph, he's a very formidable tight end, very solid tight end. He's going to – that's a that's a prime matchup for, you know, Nigel Bradham. And then when you look on the outside, the outsiders, you know, they got to deal with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. No, they're not Julio and they're not Mohamed Sanu, but those two wide receivers, wide receivers are pretty good. They're pretty good. One was a fifth rounder, another one was undrafted, and undrafted. Dude in Thielen had over a thousand yards. Yeah. They know how to play some ball, so defense is going to have their hands full. Yeah, this is but not like this you is not said, a, Yeah,
0: this is not. A, this, is not a, this is not a offense to take lightly. Right, but like but this is still an offense that you should be able to dominate. Right,
1: and like you said, if they get pressure on Keenum, which will speed him up and speed up his throw and speed up his motion, maybe you do get an interception. Or a gift, or some, or something yep. like that, because I think number said his uh, passer rating when he's pressured is like five point one compared to when he's not pressured, it's like a hundred and sixteen. That's a huge difference. Yeah. Foles is like a hundred, not pressured, and when he is pressured, it drops down like a ninety-one. Yeah. You got no, you got true. a taller quarterback getting blitz, and you got a smaller quarterback getting blitz. Two different things.
0: Exactly. Exactly exactly well look man before we take a break let's 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 put it down let's write it down on paper man I got I got it right here your predictions for Sunday
1: Eagles 21 17
0: 21 17 eagles once again I'm I'm going to go 17 12 hmm. eagles Eagles. I will even go farther and say four field goals for Minnesota. Wow. Four field goals for Minnesota. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. That's bold. That's what I'm saying, man. That's
1: That's a bold prediction. You like
0: that? So I'm a bold guy. I live on the
1: edge. I respect that. That's
0: what I do. Just want to scroll back. I just want to ask you guys. Remind everyone listening, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W sports. Once again, that is at B-I-T-W sports. Shout out to everybody. Uh, my man Talib says Eagles 28, Vikings 14. I don't know. I, I just can't see.
1: He's expecting an offensive explosion. Yeah,
0: I just don't see that.
1: But who, but who uh, said all 28 points have to come from the offense? You
0: no, know, you're, you're right about that. You're right about that. You're absolutely right about that. All right, well, look, let's take a quick break. We're going to uh, switch gears when we come back, talk sixes, all right?
1: Yes, it works for me.
0: All right, we'll take a break. Hey, once again, hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at B-I-T-W sports. Once again, that is at B-I-T-W sports. My name is John. This is Jovan. You're listening to The Best in the World Sports Report. We will be back in a second. You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. Listen to this
1: show in its entirety every Saturday at 8 a.m. on the Philly Go Fly at phillygoflow.com. If you
0: are a Philly sports fan looking for extensive coverage of your favorite local pro and college teams, go to totalsportslive.com. Total sports Live is your one-stop shop for all the news you need to know in the Philadelphia sports scene. Be sure to follow Total Sports Live on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. When you need to know Philly sports, get to know totalsportslive.com.
1: One in 6 seniors faces the threat of hunger, and millions more live in isolation. Drop off a hot meal and say a quick hello. Volunteer for Meals on Wheels by donating your lunch break at americaletsdolunch.org. This message brought to you by Meals on Wheels America and the Ad Council.
0: You're listening to the Best in the World Sports Report. going on we are back on the best in the world sports report just reminding you guys that you can hit us up on facebook instagram twitter at any time at bitw sports once again that is at bitw sports um all-star starters were named this week all right we had worked hard namely me i worked hard to try and get Ben Simmons as an all-star starter. There were a couple of days where, if you voted on NBA.com, your vote counted twice. Yo, I pushed that so hard trying to get uh get Ben as a starter. I knew Joel and B was going to be a starter. That's in at this point now. That was a foregone conclusion. I knew that was going to happen. Now I voted for Joel every time I voted for Ben, but I knew that Joel would be a starter. So the starters were named, Ben's not a starter. That sucks. He should be a reserve. You tell me if you agree or disagree. I believe that Ben Simmons has played well enough to be an all-star reserve. I think he's, you know, he's he's a player statistically who's in the top, you know, the top tier in a lot of statistical categories. I think he's up there in enough categories to warrant being named an all-star reserve. Now, the starters are uh, LeBron, the Greek freak, Joel, DeMar DeRozan, who I thought, who Ben, if Ben was going to be a starter, he had to catch, uh he had to catch DeMar DeRozan. I thought it was close. I thought if we all like band together as a fan base and voted for Ben, he would make it. He could catch uh, DeRozan, but that did not happen. Now, I don't believe, I don't, you know, I get DeMar DeRozan as a starter because he's a beast. He really is. I mean, I can't knock him for, you know, for who he is, but I just wanted Ben there, you know, because in the end, I mean, all-star game is a fan's game. It's the fan's game. So as a fan, I I would rather see Ben than DeMar DeRozan, but that does not mean DeMar DeRozan does not, belong in the game but rounding out the east is Kyrie so it's Kyrie DeMar DeRozan in the backcourt. Your front court is LeBron the Greek freak and Embiid I think that's a that's a, that's a tough little uh five right there now I'm, I'm not even sure how like the, I know they're supposed to be doing something different with the all-star game this year where like you're picking teams so uh, LeBron and I believe Steph Curry, who are the top two vote getters, they pick teams. Now for the West, your starters are KD, uh, Boogie Cousins, Anthony Davis, Steph Curry, and James Harden. Can't knock that. I mean that, that's that's pretty much a uh, that's a foregone conclusion. You knew that was gonna happen. There, there's there's nothing you could say or do about that. That just is what it is. You know that is what it is. Uh, shout out to people who are watching on. Facebook Live right now. Kevin McGovern he agrees with me. Uh numbers don't lie. You're darn right. You're darn right. Unfortunately, just the way the NBA is, it's hard for a rookie to be named to the All Star team as a reserve. You know, if you're popular as a rookie, you'll make it as a starter. If you come out there, you know, you make an impact, you'll 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 get there as a starter. But I'm 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 gonna be real with you. Um I don't even think LeBron made... Did LeBron make the All-Star team as a starter? I don't even think LeBron did. I don't think LeBron did or Carmelo or, or D-Wade or anybody like that. No, I don't think they did. Uh, I'm pretty... I think they made it as reserves. I'm pretty sure I, I'd have to look into that. I don't, I don't know. I don't have my laptop in front of me. But nonetheless, I hope Ben makes it as a reserve. He should make it as a reserve, but I don't have my hopes up. I really don't. I I I, I think that... Ben will somehow be screwed and he'll be playing in the shooting stars challenge, which honestly I think is whack at this point. I thought the shooting stars challenge was, or the, the shooting stars challenge or the rookie game, whatever they want to call it. I think it was, it was cool 20 years ago when it was like Chris Weber on one team and uh Penny Hardaway on the other team. In fact, I th- I'm pretty sure I stopped watching the rookie game after Iverson's first season. That's when the rookie game, or the shooting stars challenge, whatever they want to call it. That's when it became whack to me. That's, that's stupid. It's like Friday night and I always forget that it's on and I never watch it. You know, I, I think, uh, what did it, what did they do Friday night now? They had that little celebrity game that, uh, that fake rock and jock game Friday nights of all-star weekend to me, that's fine. You can start and end with that. that that's cool. I, I'll take that over, The shooting stars challenge where there's only like maybe three, four players I really care about. That's that's just the truth. I don't don't care about that. But nonetheless, I hope I hope Ben Simmons is playing in the all star game. I believe he deserves to be an all star. I think he should have been a starter. He wasn't. Oh, well. But I do believe that he should be in the all star game, not the shooting stars rookie garbage, whatever. But I did want to talk a little bit more about Ben Simmons with you guys this week. All right, I've been hearing a lot of talk lately about Ben Simmons and some of these recent run-ins that he's been having with uh, other players in games. Now, uh, last week in London had a a little uh, scuffle, a little dust up with uh, Boston's Marcus Morris straight out of Philly. Then this past Monday, he had a run-in with Toronto's Kyle Lowry another guy straight out of Philly North Philly now in his dust up with Lowry that ended up with Ben telling Kyle like hey man if you want to see me we can talk about this a little bit further in the hallway and then you see both of them kind of rush backstage or backstage or to the you know the dressing room area to uh, continue their conversation but you know it it was a little it, it was a little much ado about nothing now you hear on you know you, you hear the hearsay if you're in the little facebook groups people are talking about what happened what could have happened you know who said what to who or whatever and honestly nothing happened i'm you know i i'm almost positive nothing happened there are so many cameras in the wells fargo center there's a camera if you if you watch Comcast Sportsnet slash NBC Sports Philadelphia. If you watch their coverage of games, you always see the camera going down the hallway. So if Ben was going down there to fight somebody, I mean, be assured that if they fought in the hallway, it would be on camera. Now, I heard Kyle talk about he was out there, he was waiting. I don't believe that for one bit. I don't. I don't believe that for one single solitary bit, because there's kind of a history with that. All right. Now, I, I'm not quite sure how many of you guys remember. If you remember a couple years ago, former Sixer, I believe he was with uh, the Mavericks at the time. But Jerry Stackhouse had gotten into a fight with a guy by, by the name of Kirk Snyder in a game. And they fought in the game, got ejected got thrown out of the game, and then went to the back and continued the fight. Look it up on YouTube. They went in the back and they fought some more. How do we know? Because the cameras caught it. Now, I can't remember who it was uh, a couple years ago. It was either Rashid or it was uh, uh, Kenyon Martin, I believe, had gotten into... A scuffle with somebody. I, I believe it might might have been Kenyon Martin and maybe Marcus Camby. I Don't get me wrong. I, I might have the names wrong. I, I think I might be remembering who was involved uh, incorrectly. But they had talked about, you know, settling it backstage, saying, hey, man, if you want to continue this, we can settle this backstage. And then cameras caught the guy standing outside their locker room. You saw it. He was sitting there waiting and there were people telling him, Hey man, come on. This ain't, this, this ain't look, this isn't what you're supposed to do. This isn't how you handle it. Maybe we should just, uh, maybe we should just move on. You saw it. So for Kyle Lowry to talk about, Hey man, I was back there. Hey, I was there. You know, he wasn't there. Whatever. I don't believe that for one second. I don't. I I really don't. And, And it's like, it's kind of like a conflict of interest here in this city because Kyle Lowry's a local dude. He's from North Philly. So there are people who know him, who grew up with him, who grew up around him, grew up in the neighborhood that he's in, knows the type of person that he is. And that goes for Marcus Morris as well. So people are like, Hey, look, man, those dudes ain't no punk. Those dudes are straight out the city. They straight out the slums. They straight out, you know, the hood, whatever, whatever you calling it, that's where they are from. And they're just sitting there like, Hey man, you know, We know how those dudes get down and Ben didn't want it with those guys. And that might be true. I I don't know. I really don't. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but nonetheless, you know, it's, it's just like, look, you know, when there isn't an opportunity to fight, there just isn't an opportunity to fight. But that brings me back to the subject because Like I said, we've been talking about this on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever. And the question, one question I have is, one, why is Ben always beefing with cats from North Philly? I don't know what he has against North. I'm not sure what issue he has against North. And I don't know if Ben is just working on not being allowed. Maybe he just – he's working on just being banned for life from North Philly. I I, I don't know. Not that the Sixers would ever allow Ben to come to North Philly in, you know – for whatever you know, that's never gonna happen. But still, you know, Ben's just working on being banned from this part of town because he's just beefing with everybody. But still, you know, you know, look, I'm joking about. I'm joking where that is concerned. But there, you, there is a question that needs to be asked, and I have to ask. You know, it, it, why are, why does it seem like dudes are testing Ben so much as of late? And a question that is also being asked is, is Ben doing enough to stand up for himself in these games? I've heard people say, hey, man, Ben's looking kind of soft. Ben should be fighting back. Ben, sh- you know, ben should be doing more to stand up for himself. I'm asking you, as people who listen to this podcast, who watch me, whatever, do you agree with that? Do you agree? Me, in my opinion... I think that's a dumb narrative. I think it's short-sighted, you know, I, I I do. I think it's a very short-sighted narrative. But I think there is an explanation as to why teams, why players have all of a sudden started to test Ben Simmons. Now it, it kind of starts when, with Ben when he came out of college. You know, when Ben stepped onto the basketball scene, he came out with a lot of fanfare, you know, a lot of fanfare, a lot of attention. Plus, he was co-signed by Le- LeBron James, of all people. And with the fanfare that he came with, with his associations, his association with uh, LeBron James, uh, I remember there was like a picture of Ben while he was training for the draft and he's training with like richard jefferson and lebron and d wade and a couple other nba players and you don't see that you know you don't see that about anybody else there wasn't anybody else in the draft in these workout sessions but ben was there and you know that uh i, b- I believe the management company that handles lebron also handles ben simmons so you got you know you have that You know, you have that monster, that elephant that is behind the best player in the NBA right now. And the best player in the NBA for probably, last, you know, arguably the last 15 years. So you have that monster behind him. So that's going to bring you a lot of scrutiny. That's going to bring you a lot of attention. And that's not to say that the scrutiny and the attention that Ben Simmons has gotten, that's not to say it's not deserved. You know, you look at, at Ben Simmons's critics and they raise good points. They raise good points. You know, one thing that they knocked Ben Simmons for his team didn't win. His team didn't even go to the NCAA tournament. That's almost unheard of in college basketball to have a player who's considered or thought of to be the best player in college basketball that's almost that almost automatically grants you a ticket to the NCAA tournament I mean that's that's how it's always been that is how it has always been been when was the last time you even when was the last time that happened give me an example somebody tell me an example of a player who was projected to go number one whose team didn't make it to the tournament you know there have been early exits that happens there have been one you know one and done as far as the tournament goes get in play one game maybe get in play two games We'll play the first weekend of the uh tournament and then you bounce that happens but to not make it at all that raises some eyebrows that raises, you know, that that's a question mark. It happens. It happens. And it's like people have questioned his leadership. Is he a good leader? Can he be a good leader? Is he a selfish player? Cause he kind of, as soon as it seemed like the team wasn't going to make it to the tournament, he just bailed on college. He was just like, you know what? I'm good. I'm done. I'm, a, you know, I'm good. So it's like that has it left a bad taste in people's mouths. And, you know, I, I think the criticism that Ben has gotten, it kind of just festered and it was just made worse by the fact that he with all that was behind him to come in and then have to sit out his rookie year because of an injury. Had to sit out because of an injury. And so now that he's playing, there are eyeballs on him, more eyeballs on him. And those eyes are giving they want to give him the side eye. But the winds of change are blowing in Philadelphia, all right? The winds of change are blowing. You know, the Sixers are now a legitimate playoff contender. They're a playoff contender now. And Ben Simmons has played a a huge role in that. Things are different. This team is different. You know, as uh, my man Javon had, had said, you know, when you're declared the next LeBron James, people are going to take their shots. And you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But he's here, he's playing now, and the Sixers are playing better for it. Now you can attach some some of this to, jo, uh, to Joel uh Joel and Beat as well with Joel playing. But they now have a nucleus. There is a nucleus in place. I mean, let's look at it. All right, Sixers stand right now, half they're at the halfway point in their season. As of when we as of this taping right now, Sixers are 21 and 20. 21 and 20. Exactly a year ago, this team was 14 and 26. Two years ago, they were eight and thirty-three. Three years ago, they were thirteen and twenty-seven. Four years ago, they were seventeen and twenty-three, and now they're sitting here twenty-one and uh, twenty-one and twenty, and I believe they're in the eighth. They're in the eighth seed in the East. They're they're in the eighth seed in the East, and as of right now, they're maybe maybe a handful of games out of fourth place. I mean, look. I am not calling the Philadelphia 76ers, the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know that they're not on the same level. They're not they're not yet. That's not where they are yet. But what I am telling you right now, Cleveland Cleve right now Cleveland is a, a stone's throw away. I don't know how this season could have could will unfold, but Cleveland's not that far away. Sixers could catch Cleveland statistically. In games, they're not that far away. Of course, you know, we, we know that it's a long season. There's still 40 more games, get 41 more games to play. So we'll see how it turns out. But right now, the Sixers are a playoff contender. They're a good team. They're a good team. And Ben Simmons is one of the reasons why. And because he's one of the reasons why, I think that kind of plays into why, why teams and players have been trying to trying to, you know, test him as of late. And I think there are some factors that play into that. All right? When you're a rookie who's gotten the pub that he has, when you're, you know, I think there are guys that are just going to see that. I, 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 I thought we saw that with Iverson. When Iverson was a rookie, when he came in, he was the one getting all the pub. He was the one who got the huge uh, sneaker deal. He was a guy everybody wanted to see. And I think there were teams that were established in the league. Like when Iverson came in as a rookie, Michael Jordan and the bulls were still the top dog and no Iverson and uh, that Iverson rookie year sixers. No, they were nowhere near the Chicago bulls, but the bulls knew who they were and they were going to, when, they played the sixers you knew that you were going the sixers you you knew you were going to get a level of play out of the bulls that maybe a last place team might not get because they see this young exciting rookie on the rise and they need to show that rookie and that rookie's team that there's still a pecking order and i think that's what's happening to the sixers right now I think there you know you're seeing Ben Simmons, you're seeing uh Joel Embiid and I think teams are like, "Hey man, look. <laughs> I understand you're the up and coming team, but there's still a pecking order around here." You know, Boston Celtics are still the Boston Celtics. Whether, you know, I I we know that the we know that the Celtics rebuilt, but that's still the Boston Celtics. That's still a top tier team last year. So when people are now starting to look at the Sixers, they're like, hey, you know what? We know that, you know, we know they're up and coming, but we're there already. Same with the Toronto Raptors. Same with the Cleveland Cavaliers. There's there's a pecking order. So I think there are teams, you know, you're the Sixers find themselves probably more on teams radar than you normally would for a last place team or for a team that wasn't in the playoffs last year, a team that was in the lottery last year. So I think that's kind of why Ben Simmons has been running into the problems that he's been having as of late because he gets so, because he has gotten so much attention and because, you know, they see what's happening in Philadelphia. They know that things are changing. And I think that brings me to the second factor that plays a role into this. I think team, I think people are coming to Ben because teams have become accustomed to the Sixers being the doormat of the league. The Sixers were flat out awful for like four to five seasons. They've just been laying down, getting beat by like 40 points every night and i think there are teams that just got accustomed to that honestly i think teams just got accustomed to that people have gotten used to the sixers just being trash there was no reason to respect the sixers for at least 3 4 years maybe you know maybe a little bit more last season when joel and b started playing once, Joe, once joel and b went down once they went right back to not being respectable there was, they were respectable with Embiid once he was out, not respectable anymore. Straight up. Straight up. And I think people have gotten used to that. But like I said, the winds of change are blowing in Philadelphia. Six has got a nucleus now. They got a nucleus. They got a nucleus now with JoJo and Ben, and teams are finding out now. They're When they come to play Philadelphia, they are realizing that times have changed. And I don't think teams are ready for a Sixers team with swagger. A Sixers team that plays with confidence. A Sixers team that comes out day in and day out and actually expects to win. And and yeah, you know what, they got issues. Like, okay, team can't hold a lead. Team plays terrible. They have no real offense coming off the bench. When there's no Ben and there's no Embiid in the game, You know, what are you left with? You're left with TLC jacking up stupid threes, Bayless jacking up stupid threes, and front court players that don't play like front court players. So this is still a flawed team, but they've gotten better. They've made they've made improvements. This ain't last year's team. This ain't two years ago's team. This ain't three years ago team. It's not. And I think players are coming in now thinking that they were going to walk all over the sixes and they're getting a rude awakening. They're getting a rude awakening. People are, people are, I mean, let's be real. I think people are getting into this with the people are getting into it with Ben because they expected to come in here and still see the tanking sixes. You know, that 10 win sixer team from uh, a couple years ago, you know, team, Remember, like, when the Sixers were getting blown out by, like, 40 points by pretty much everybody? Everybody? That's what they're used to, and that's why the Sixers are having the issues that they're having. And I like it because I think people are now starting to realize that times have changed. The Sixers are here, and I love that. So I'm there's so many people kind of almost torn when it came to Ben beefing with Marcus Morris and Ben beefing with Kyle Lowry, but I loved it because we're finally starting to show some toughness. One thing I had noticed, I, I think people real truly underestimate how strong Ben Simmons is. And I think and honestly, when you see the type of ball that, uh, Brett Brown plays and Brett. Uh, when I say what the Sixers play under Brett Brown and uh, you know he he wants to go and go out and play this uh, positionless basketball and when I say that I'm throwing up the air quotes I know if you're listening to the podcast you can't hear the air quotes but I'm throwing them up positionless basketball that's his MO that's what he likes to do and that leads to a lot of mismatches And one of the mismatches that happen that the Sixers can take advantage of is when there are mismatches, it ends up with Ben Simmons, your point guard, guarding another team's center or another team's power forward. And one thing I had noticed a couple weeks ago when uh, the Sixers played the Raptors, Ben ended up switched up on Serge Ibaka. Now naturally if you're a power forward, if you're a big man, you get switched up on the point guard. As, as Shaquille O'Neal would say, that's barbecue chicken. You know, you're going to back, you're going to turn your back to him and then back him down. And when that happened, Serge Ibaka did try to back down Ben Simmons. But what happened? He couldn't. Like I said, I think people underestimate how strong Ben Simmons is. And what I was noticing in that game was Serge was getting frustrated with the fact that there were a couple of times he was switched off on Ben in mismatches and tried to post him up and couldn't, could not move him. And you could see it was getting under Serge Ibaka's skin. Fast forward to a couple of weeks. You know, Marcus Morris is an enforcer. Marcus Morris is a team's tough guy. That's your tough guy. And Ben Simmons set a pick on Marcus Morris that flattened him. Straight flattened him. Marcus Morris is peeling himself off the floor after that pick. And I loved it. So, yeah, he got up. Yeah, he was out there flexing, trying to be Mr. Get Bad. Because he just got floored by the other team's uh, point guard a rookie point guard put your power, your your team's enforcer on his behind so yeah of course Marcus Morris needed to get tough of course he had some words he had to save face straight up Marcus Morris was was saving face i understand how tough that dude is i know this, i know, i understand where he comes from you know, that's not, that hasn't been lost on me or anybody who watches him. But I am telling you, you know what? I don't think Marcus wanted it. I know Kyle Lowry surely didn't want it. And I think that's, I think it speaks to that second factor. I think, you know, I think you're sitting here, you're coming into this team, you're coming into a, a town where now, you know, you, you've owned it for years. You know, Sixers didn't beat By 40, every night, times have changed. And now you're sitting here playing the Sixers, and they're playing tougher. They're playing with swagger. They're playing with some energy. And that's catching people off guard. They're not used to the Sixers playing with energy. The Sixers expecting to win. The the Sixers jawing back when you jaw to them. They're not used to that and that's why they're getting into these run-ins and I like it because they're they're sending a message saying that hey man times have changed this isn't about like you hear so many people when I, when I say this to people they 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 try to make it seem like like we're underestimating how tough these other guys are how tough Kyle Lowry is how tough Marcus Morris is we know how tough they are but i think Kyle Lowry and Marcus Morris have underestimated just how tough Ben Simmons is. Marcus Morris wasn't ready for that screen. Marcus Morris wasn't ready for a screen by another team's point guard to put him on his behind. That's what happened. Marcus Morris, the team's enforcer, got flattened by the other team's rookie point guard. Now, I understand, yeah, you know what? Ben Simmons is what? 6'10, 250 something pounds. I understand that. That's no regular point guard. That's not you That's not your father's point guard. That's not Isaiah Thomas. That's not, you know, that's that's not a little dude. That's not that's not a uh, Allen Iverson. But still, I think people see this young dude from Australia and just think that he's, you know, they want to, you know the quote uh the quote the king of Philly Gilly the kid. They think he's fool. They see Ben Simmons, and they think he's food. The Sixers ain't food. The Sixers are sharks. And it's catching people off guard. And I love it. I love it. My man Ream says the process is taking a turn for the worse. I think it all I, – I, honestly, I don't think it that it has. I think that it's all going to work out, especially in the second half of this season. Because I'm sitting here, and I'm looking at a team now – halfway through the season, one game above 500 and don't have to play Boston and don't have to play Toronto anymore. They've already played Golden State twice, already played Portland twice, already played, uh, they played San Antonio once and beat them. You know, I, I think, you know, yes, he's missed some games, but I think now down, I think they were priming him for this run now, where the bulk of the difficulty of their schedule you know they passed that. That has been passed, and now you're going to. I think this is going to be the Sixers team that goes on some runs that, that you know that 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 packs a few wins on, you know, in a row. That goes on a couple win good winning streaks and starts to move up the uh, move up the standings. Because right now they're looking up at what Indiana. They don't scare me. Detroit. They don't scare me. Milwaukee, yeah. Milwaukee scares me a little bit. You know? Milwaukee scares me. But that's about it. There's no reason why this team can't be can't be fourth. Can't be a fourth seed. All right? And I I think team you know, as the season goes, I think there will be more, I think there will be more run ins, but I do think also teams are starting to notice, especially as the Sixers pack on more wins, I I that's just how I see. it. That is just how I see it. I just think that at this point now the Sixers are prime to make a run. I think that they've been taking it easy with Embiid. I don't think the hand is an issue anymore. You know, the back will always scare me. The back will also will always scare me. Um, My man Reem also says we got fleeced by Boston in that trade. I I don't think you can completely say we got fleeced by Boston in that trade until we actually see Markel Fultz play. I think we haven't seen a large enough sample size. That whole thing about them going to take Tatum anyway, I think that's garbage. I think that's just talk for sports talk and for wannabe experts like ourselves. I think that if Boston had the number one pick, especially if they were planning on trading, uh, trading Isaiah Thomas, they were going to take Markel Fultz. There's no reason to think they wouldn't have taken Fultz. To say I, I just I don't buy that whole Angels going to take, uh, take was going to take Tatum either way. I don't. That's just too. That just sounds too convenient for me. I don't believe that. I don't care what he says. I don't care what experts you know, tells me anyway, whatever, you know, I'm not, I am not ready to call that trade a bust yet. I need to see more of Markel Fultz. That's just me. That's just me. I understand all the, and, and, and that's another thing with Fultz. As much as we as fans complain and rightfully so, about the Sixers medical staff and the issues that the medical staff has. Honestly, I trust the Sixers medical staff a whole lot more than I trust anybody in a Facebook group. I- honestly. You know, I, I do. I-, I mean, so at this point, I'm just like, hey, let's just let this play out. I don't know what to think. Yeah, I see the shots. I see the video. You know, people over there posting like, two shots worth of practice talk, uh, practice footage of his shot. And they're just like, you know what? Dude is, dude is whack. Dude can't play. And that's, how are you basing this? It's like one, I don't think people realize how Sixers practice, how it works. Especially when it comes to reporters and the access that they have to Sixers practice and what they're allowed to see. You know, reporters are actually able to see such a small sample size that honestly, if you're going off somebody's Snapchat video or a Facebook live video, you really don't know what you're getting. You don't know what you're seeing. So honestly, it's just like, hey, you know, I can't base an opinion on that. I'm not going to base an opinion on that. You know, it's like I to me. I You know, I, I hear the talk. I hear what people are saying. I know what people are saying. And I'm just like, you know what? I just, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. So what I'm not going to do is subscribe to fan banter, you know, social media talk. I just need to see the dude play. And honestly, I am happy enough with what I am seeing with Ben and Joel that, hey man, you know, they can take their time with folks. Honestly, they can take their time with folks. I'm not saying I want to see I, I want this to drag out to next season because I think that's stupid. But I don't need him to rush back. You know, this season is what it is. It is what it is. Hey, you tell me what you think of today's show. You tell me what you think of what I'm talking about. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at any time at BITW Sports. Once again, that's at BITW Sports. Make sure you check out this podcast on soundcloud.com slash BITW Sports. And we're on uh, Apple Podcasts. All right. Apple Podcasts and iTunes. If you got that, just search the best in the world sports report. All right. Make sure you hit us up. So I want to thank you guys for for watching listening however you however you get your fix of the best in the world sports report i want to thank you for checking this out i do appreciate it go eagles let's get a win let's get a win it'd be great to come back next week and talk about the eagles in a super Bowl let's make that happen let's go Eagles let's go Sixers let's go Flyers big win for them last night big win for them with Eric Lindros in the building big E in the building to watch them uh, come back in the third quarter and then win in overtime against the Maple Leafs that was awesome that was great it's a great weekend for Philly sports All right. hey once again check us out on Facebook Instagram, Twitter, at B I T W Sports. Also, make sure you check us out on PhillyGoFlow.com. That's the internet radio station. You can check us out every Saturday morning at 8 a.m. That's PhillyGoFlow.com. My name is John Brown. Javon Offer from Total SportsLive.com is here too. Make sure you check out Total SportsLive.com and we will check you all out next week. Peace, y'all. Go Eagles. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles you're listening to the best in the world sports report listen to this show in its entirety every saturday at
1: 8 a.m on the philly go flow at (laughs) phillygoflow.com